upon a great mesa, a crumbling keep emblazoned with fading symbols of a many-rayed sun. The spinnerets were once blazing gold, a proud embodiment of a great order now fallen into days of lesser influence. The halls once echoed with the laughter of men-at-arms, the declarations of solar scholars, the warmth of many hearths that now sit bereft of heat and tinder. The empire before it eroded like a slowly aging ruin was full of such orderly halls, and the stories of the realm echoed with their warriors and scholars' great feats. I am one of the last vouchsafed members of a great order, though I have only known it in its latter days. The Empire's chaotic dissolution, a distant memory from my childhood. A strange messenger has arrived, calling the Sun Guard to ride the ancient roads, and I am the only one fit enough to follow the quest, wherever it may lead. Welcome to a special episode of Errant Adventures, as I will be embarking on the Pilgrimage of the Sun Guard, a solo game by Amanda P. I'm excited to get into this solo game, so let's just get right to it. It is going to be much like Colossal, a relatively simple game with prompts that I'm going to interpret. And in this game, I will be playing a heroic knight who is embarking on a quest. And various circumstances are going to come up that will help to challenge my code. And, uh, you know, through the choices that I make, we will see if I am able to stick to that code or if I have to break the code and hopefully gain some deeds of renown while I am on my way. So let's just get right into it. And uh, we're going to start with a little quick character creation. So we're going to make a person here. And there are four choices. There is the apprentice, the romantic, the cloistered, and the veteran. And as is my want in solo games, I'm going to roll a d4 and decide which of these I'm going with. A four, the veteran. The veteran's code is to protect the innocent as one's own person. So it sounds like a, a pretty straightforward knight. There are four traits of which I can pick two, which is brave, reserved, approachable, and weary. I am going to choose brave, and I'm going to choose weary, because that sounds like fun. And then I also get a cherished item, a fallen comrade's weapon. I'm going to say it's a broken lance. Now, I'm going to roll 2d6, and I'm going to total that number, and that is going to be my resource pool. Now, in this game, we have three resources of might, guile, and honor, and I'm going to spend those resources as I encounter challenges on the road, and that is how I'm going to overcome them. 
There is also a time element, a time resource. Uh, that starts at six and counts down as we journey across this land. So I'm gonna roll 2d6 and see what I get. Hopefully I roll high. Seven. So I can break that out between my three resources. So I'm going to apply, I think, three to my might, two to guile, and two to honor. So my might is three, my guile is two, my honor is two, my time will be set at six, and then I'm going to create my character using spark tables on the following pages, and then depart. So, why did your character join the Sun Guard? I'm going to roll the d6. There are a few options here. Two, educational pursuits, magic, technology, religion. Interesting. I'm going to leave it undefined of what that educational pursuit is until a little bit later on. Uh, what do I look like? Going to roll a d8 for this one. One, fresh as new snow, which is interesting given the weary trait that I took. What is my greatest gift? Another d6 roll. A four. Brawny of bone and arms. Makes sense, since I'm a warrior and a knight. What do I wish for under the stars? To remember. To remember what? Perhaps, on this journey, we will discover. Now, I'm going to select a name. Of course, I'm going to let fate choose, so I can roll a d6. That's going to give me a row. And then I'm going to roll a couple other dice to determine. So I got a five, which is going to give me the third row. And then I'm going to roll another d6 to give me the column, which is going to be a four, which is the second column. And now I roll a d6 to select my name out of that column. Kenrick. It's a strong veteran warrior name. Kenrick. Now I get to add a descriptor. So same deal. I'm going to roll a d6 to determine my row of names here. A four, which is going to be the second row of names. Another four, which is going to give me the second column. And that is going to be one. Kenrick the Bold. So Kenrick the Bold, who is a veteran... And his code is to protect the innocent as one's own person. He is brave, but weary. And he carries the broken lance of a fallen comrade. I'm going to go ahead and roll on that uh, names table again to determine what the name is. So I've got a six, which is going to be the third row. A four, which is the second column. And a six, which is Tove. So Tove's broken lance. I have a might of three, a guile of two, an honor of two. I have a time of six. I joined the sun guard for educational pursuits. I look as though I'm fresh as new snow. I am brawny of bone and arms, and I wish under the stars to remember. 
Let us depart on this journey. Sensors smoke, and beeswax candles burn in the remote mountaintop shrine of the Sun Guard. The sun hangs low, waiting to rise on the horizon. The sword Saint Azor's blade heavily presses on each of my shoulders as I kneel on the cold, slate tiles. Placing the sword down, the sword saint declaims thus, voice echoing in the smoky hall. The messenger has come. The signs are here. It is time to reclaim the ancient rite of the sun god, to pilgrimage to our ancient shrine in the frost cliffs, to declare the deeds done in the light of the sun. Go, ride the ancient roads. Do right by all you meet. Be valiant, be true, and above all, hold to your code. Anointing my forehead in oil, the sword saint declares in a singing tone the visions and signs of my vouchsafed quest. The signs of the sun I am under. Now I'm going to roll a d8 and read the signs. I see birth and renewal. I see a grinding of machines. With the sword saint's words ringing in my ears, I mount my horse and depart, riding over the edge of all I've known, down the rough mesa roads to the great beyond. I am eager on this journey. I am eager to prove myself worthy and true to be a member of the Sun Guard. First, I must cross the desert. The desert lies before me, and across the edges of my memory, the wind, sand, and heat consume my thoughts. I remember my last crossing, the grit and danger, and thus I steal myself. My time goes down from six to five, and now I roll 2d6. I get a six. A grove of large cacti, giant yellow eyes looking curiously from the hollows as the sun sinks below the horizon. They want tribute and whisper such in the depths of my mind. Do I make an offering here? If not, how do their eyes haunt my dreams? Spend a resource. Again, the resources that I have are might, which is my strength and agility, guile, my cleverness and social intelligence, and honor, my perceived trustworthiness. I, Kenrick, by some called bold, I am eager to prove myself worthy of this journey. I do not fear the road. I do not fear eyes in the darkness. I will not let these terrors keep me from continuing my journey. No. Tribute I shall not offer. 
No, by my strength I will continue on, and fear no eyes in darkness. So I am going to spend a point of might. I make my way past, and as I ride, the sun begins to fall beyond the horizon. And as the darkness comes, and as I find myself growing weary, suddenly I wonder. Bold is what they call me. But am I also arrogant? Should I have left some tribute behind me? Will those eyes haunt me even once I leave this desert? Only time will know. Only time. And then we're going to roll another 2d6 and see what our next encounter is. 8. One evening I make camp in a shallow ravine, out of sight from the road. The innumerable stars shine down on me and my way. Who do I think about? Do I wonder if they are seeing the same stars? I think about Tove. My friend. My brother. He of the broken lance that I carry who stood by my side throughout our training, who was a true friend indeed, and when he fell, I lost a part of myself that day, a part of myself I shall never recover. I, Kenrick the Bold, am bold only because of Tove and the memory I carry. My days in the desert are done. And now, before me, the air is clean and smells of sap. Drips of yesterday's rainfall fall slowly down on my head from the trees. The sun seems far away now through the tightly woven boughs. My time once again passes. Winter is on its way. Will I reach my destination before then? It depends what challenges meet me on the road, and I hope they are challenges indeed. I must prove myself. I must prove myself worthy of the name Kenrick the Bold. Once again, I will roll 2d6. 11 this time. The clattering of wooden wheels greets my ears as a humble cart drawn by a donkey approaches me. Pushing her glasses up and blowing a curl out of her face, a clear voice lets me know she's heading to assist a remote family with a birth. She shares a poultice with me before she heads on her way. I may regain a resource. I think it is only fitting as someone who seeks to protect the innocent, who is 
eager to prove myself worthy of the name Bold, that I regain some might. Coming out of the heat of the desert, this poultice, it strengthens me. It brings me comfort and peace. And yet I wonder, I wonder if I should forsake my road and follow this woman as she goes on to help a family. I know nothing of childbirth, but the road can be dangerous. Is it my place to leave this road I'm on and follow? Is it a worthy quest? I do not know. I have only come so far, and already the road is wearisome. I thank her for her kindness, and as the cart clatters away and disappears through those tall pines, I wonder if perhaps I made the right choice. Or perhaps the wrong one. And yet the road must ever on. And still I ride. Five this time. The trees, they stand proud. At the throne of the stag king. His antlers reach the edges of my vision. Filled with flowers and stars. What act will I perform to appease his need for tribute? I have to choose to spend two resources. I'm going to spend a mite, which is going to take me down to two, and a guile, which will take me down to one. The Stag King. This mighty lord whose antlers fill my eyes only a hunt can be a fitting tribute for such a king. A hunt not for a stag, as that would be an insult. No, it is for an herb. An herb that this stag king does love so much. An incense, if you will to appease his scent. It takes me hours, hours as I push through the dense underbrush, as I force my way through bracken and debris. But I find a thicket, and deep within that thicket is the most beautiful flower I've seen. I fight for it. I push through the thorns and the tightly woven branches. At last, I reach out my hand and I strain for it. And when I grasp it with the uttermost delicacy, I pluck this flower and return. I return to the Stag King, and he is pleased. And I have earned 
my first deed of renown. And I'm going to call this deed Recovered the Ambraleth Flower from the Shadowy Pines Thicket. Now it says, immediately turn to the next location, pondering how the trees made a new path for me to the valley. The Stag King, pleased with my tribute, shows me a quicker way through the winding paths of the forest. I emerge beyond the tall pines and that scent of sap, and now there is rushing water flowing over stones and through the reeds. Creeks join to the great rivers flowing down from the frost cliffs beyond my destination and hope. Blooms surround me in the great river valley. Time once again marches on. I have only three out of my six left. And again, I roll 2d6. Five. Acrobats and colorful performers have set up a theater. The play is a farce critical of the local nobility. Some guardsmen approach, grim eyes and sharp blades ready. How do I help the performers escape? How does someone get hurt through my help? Spend one resource, gain a deed. The guards come. They mean to kill these performers. I have sworn an oath to protect the innocent as I would protect my own life. And so I stand. I stand between the guardsmen and the performers. I call for them to flee as my blade sings through the air. The guardsmen approach. They test the bounds of my defenses, and yet I stand boldly, steadfastly, keeping them away from those performers. The guardsmen come close. I warn them off, for they are no match for one on the pilgrimage of the Sun Guard. But they don't listen. And their blood stains the valley floor beneath our feet. I take no joy in slaying them, but they would not listen. And so they fell. And now I gain my second deed, which I will call Protected the Farthing Players. What other deeds may I perform in this valley? What other challenges might I come across? And yet I ride on to discover. Six. Mysterious weavers and a giant loom fill a giant field. They hunger for stories. What legend of my order do I share? Do I tell the truth? Or a fable? Spend one resource and gain a deed. I will spend an honor. For I tell no lies. 
I tell no fables. No, I will tell the story of Zane the Handsome, a sword saint of great renown. Though it has been many, many years since he fell, so handsome was he that even the emperor was enthralled by his beauty. He, as I do now, made his own pilgrimage to the frost cliffs, and he journeyed with many followers, those who wished to ingratiate themselves to him, those who wished to bask in the glory of his visage. And among them was the emperor in disguise, in secret. They made their way through the desert and the pines and the valley and ever on towards the frost cliffs. And as the way grew more and more dangerous, those who followed fell away. All save the emperor, who by this time could not be parted from Zane the Handsome. And it was upon those frost cliffs the destination of our sword saint that the emperor revealed himself. And for the first time on that journey, the two saw each other as they were. A sword saint and an emperor, but more so as the haves of a whole. And this deed shall be called Recited the Ballad of the Emperor and the Sword Saint. On, on I ride, making my way further on my quest. The late autumnal wind shrieks through my bones as I begin to climb the frost cliffs. With foreboding clouds threatening snow to cover the trail in the coming hour, time, as always, marches on. I have two left. Seven on my 2d6. Crash! Boulders hurtle toward my position, one after another, followed by curses from loud voices like two pieces of granite rubbing together. They continue and get closer and closer to where I stand. How do I find safety? Spend a resource. Gain a deed. I spend my last point of guile as I press myself against the sheer cliffs, and hide myself from these boulders. I wait in the cold, in the dark, until they stop. And then 
and only then do I creep out and continue along my way, guiding my steed behind me as I walk up, up the trail. I gain a new deed, avoided the dreaded frost cliff giants, for who but giants could throw such boulders? My resources grow thin. My time wanes. Winter is almost upon me. And yet I must press on. I must make it to my destination. What new trouble faces me? Five. My rucksack tears. Somewhere while I'm climbing the cliffs. Precious supplies tumbling to fall on the road behind me. Do I continue? Or double back? Spend a resource. I spend my last point of might as I force my way on. To go back is to admit defeat. To go back is to fail. And I... Kenrick the Bold cannot fail. No, I must go on. Ever on. Ever higher up these cliffs. Up. And up. Carved into the mountain face. Thousands and thousands of stairs going around the mountain to the long, abandoned, hallowed halls of the Sun Guard. At the bottom of the steps, a warrior's encampment of the cruel, dread arbiters of will, a militant order of grim renown. Mark one time. My time goes down to one. Roll 1d6 to find my way to the steps and through this perilous danger. Respond to the prompt and move on. Three. Sneaking along the shadows... My steps are dogged by a strange creature that dwells at the corners of my vision. An opportunistic phantasm? A hallucination? It whispers doubts into my left ear. How do I ward my spirit? Spend one resource. Gain a deed. I spend my last honor as I recite my code to protect the innocent as one's own person. This phantasm or hallucination, whatever it might be, it would stop me from fulfilling that code. It would drive me to madness and defeat, and I will not let it. I will not turn back. On I press, up, up these endless stairs, though I hope they do have an end, that there is hope at the pinnacle of this long, arduous trek. I hope the end is in sight.
I gain a new deed. I bypassed the haunted stairs. The Shrine of the Sun Guard stands proudly at the top of the mountain. Surveying the lands the Order once held guardianship over. Years, wars, and opportunistic thievery have damaged the Great Hall. Stained glass and timbers stand resolute but broken in many places. Some of the upper chambers have collapsed, where warriors once prayed for guidance and restoration. As I look out over the horizon, the sun gleams over the frost cliffs and across the valley below, with the mesa where my companions dwell distant but visible on this new day. A young voice calls to me with weary wisdom beyond its years. Pilgrim, do you come to offer your deeds? Let us regard your countenance. It is time for judgment. As I make my way inside the fallen, rotting hall of my order, the rising sun shines through the broken, stained glass, illuminating colorful patterns on the worn rugs that cover the stone tile floors. A brisk wind chills me to the bone, and yet I hear music, though there are no players and see on either side of me a procession of spirits, old and young, my brethren who have quested the pilgrimage road before me. Their faces are encouraging as I make my way down the long path to the sanctum and the last guardian. At the center of the sanctum stands a giant brazier which roars heartily with flame. A voice cries out to me, How have you fallen low? What are your failures? What did you learn? I say, Weary, brave as I have been, I have made my journey. I have traveled far to reach here, and I have held to my code. I have protected the innocent where I may, and I have never turned from that deed. What deeds have thou wrought, pilgrim? Declare them. I... Recovered the Ambrilath flower in the shadowy pines and gifted it to the Stag King. As I walked through the river valley, I protected the farthing players. I recited the ballad of the Emperor and the Sword Saint Zane. I avoided the dreaded Frostcliff giants and their boulders that threatened to destroy me. And at the last, I climbed the haunted stairs and was not deterred by them. A great shout comes from the assembled spirits. With each 
deed I speak, and the fire pops with furious joy. When I am finished, I feel a warm embrace and hear the whispered words, It is finished. As I open my eyes, the spirits have departed. The shrine is now made whole, as it would have been in the glorious days of my order, once again sanctified. What comes next? I ask. I, Sword Saint Kenrick, who by some is called bold, I ask you, my fellow pilgrim, what place does the Sun Guard have in this world? Though empire has fallen, though our order has decayed, yet through our bravery and our courage, through our strength of might, through our guile and our honor, we may yet stand. Remember your code. Trust in the Sun Guard. And make the pilgrimage. I will be waiting here at the shrine. I will be waiting for you. Thanks for listening to Errant Adventures, and thanks so much to Sirenscape for the lovely ambient sounds and music throughout the episode. If you enjoyed the show, please tell anyone and everyone in your life about it. And if you haven't already, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. It really does help others find me. If you want to interact with me, my handle on Instagram and Twitter is at ErrantSolopod, or you can email me at ErrantSolopod at gmail.com. I also post short fiction and campaign-related materials on my website, errantadventurespod.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.